You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome in to Calling the Shots, presented by Blue Shark Vodka. I'm your host, Ross Martin, as always, joined by Jeff Schottmer. The Tar Heels defeat Duke 38-35 to move to 6-1 in the overall, and of course, 3-0 in the ACC and 3-0 in the Coastal. Take a a big, big stranglehold on the division heading into the bye week. Um, UNC had a week off before facing Pit at home on October 29th. What's up, Jeff? How are you? Ross, victory Monday, baby. Love to see it. Yeah, this team keeps winning. It's never easy. I tweeted that out after the win. You know, it's the six and one. You got to love that, but it's never easy. Uh, you know, a, a great game by Drake May and the offense, Josh Downs, Anton Green, Elijah Green. Tough game for the defense. Almost gave it away there in the second half. Your general thoughts here before we dive into kind of your top three takeaways. Yeah, but before I dive into the game, I just want oh, yeah. to give a sh- shout out to uh, one of my former teammates, Mitch Trubisky. Uh, if you were to look up the definition of a professional quarterback in the dictionary today, uh, you would see Mitch Trubisky's name in there. Uh, just want to give a shout out for him because of what he's been through. You know, just a quick recap of him. You know, he signs with the Steelers in the offseason. He gets voted team captain within the first five months of being in, in their program. You know, he's the starting quarterback for the first couple games. The team doesn't play well, and, you know, he gets benched. He, he kind of could see the writing on the wall when they drafted a first-round quarterback, but, you know, it was Mitch's responsibility to lead that team. And when he gets benched and, you know, it's kind of Pickett's team going forward, you know, Mitch, he stayed ready because he know in football you're one play away from, from getting back in the game. And when, you know, Pickett gets knocked out of the game yesterday – uh, we've seen it before from Mitch. You know, he comes in the game ready to go. And if you watch the highlights of that game, he won them the game. You know, he made some plays with his legs. He made some big-time third-down throws. And you, you could see his teammates' reaction after the game of how how excited they were for him. And, you know, th- that's Mitch. He He's always level-headed. He never gets too high or too low. And, uh, you know, a lot of people can learn from that, especially, you know, college quarterbacks that, you know, get demoted to a backup role and they kind of just – you know, go into a shell, but you know, Mitch stayed true to himself, stayed positive, and stayed ready. So I, I'm pretty proud of him. Yeah, he had two big third down conversions there late in the game, and I think it took him on a, a touchdown run as well. Do you know where the status of Pickett? He had a concussion, right? Is that kind of concussion? The- yeah, yeah. So concussion. We'll see what happens there. What, one thing about Trubisky, I think he'll have a job in the NFL for a long time because he seems like a great locker room guy, and the fact that he's ready to come in, like programs and franchises will take notice of that man like he's a solid solid guy whether he's starting or he's just a backup or a guy to mold younger quarterbacks i think you'll have a job in a role in the nfl for a long time yeah I, I want those national media pundits to keep that same energy on mitch today you know all the ones that were saying it's his fault and they better get that same energy out there because he deserves it 
Yeah, what's funny is the Steelers, man, they get a lot of media attention too. I guess the Bears did too, but I mean, yeah. Steelers, Steelers, Cowboys, Bears, and then of course the New York team. So Trubisky will definitely be in the news cycle this morning. All right, UNC six and one, 38 35. That game was wild. I actually went as a fan, so I was in the crowd mixing it up. Um, I did not cover the game um, as, a, as a journalist, I was kind of in there um, in it. And it's definitely a different perspective seeing seeing it from that perspective. Um, your initial thoughts on this team right now at six and one. Well, well I kind of took your place as a journalist and was live tweeting from my couch. You know, yeah. Switzer Switzer inspired me, and I was sitting on the couch being able to live tweet, and I thought that was pretty fun. Um, but my initial thoughts. So, uh, look, I, I'm an optimistic guy. We're six and one. We're three and zero in the coastal. We're four and zero on the road. We control our own destiny. You know. That, that's the message going forward. You know, I'm a big golfer, and there's no pictures on a golf scorecard. You know, if you, if you make a birdie, you make a birdie. It doesn't matter how it looks. If you make a hole-in-one, if you shank a ball when it happens to trickle in the hole, you, you get what you get. And there's no pictures on our win column, and that's, that's how we need to look at it, I think. You know, it's an in-state rival game. We beat them. We moved to 6-1. and one. We got some games forward we can – you know, all winnable games. We're going into a bye week right now. I, I think uh, Carolina fans should be happy with where we are. Yeah, there's always that saying, like, when you get a new kind of coach, he changes the kind of the, the mood of the team. You know, you lose big, and then you lose small, and then you win small, and then you win big. That's kind of the transition that you want from a program. And it seems like some after losing a lot of games close in, in maybe 19, 20, even 21, um, you're now winning some games close. And those are others are those are W's just like the other ones are L's. So UNC's winning games close, beating their rival. I think a big thing is four and zero on the road. That's something yeah. that Mac Brown has not been able to do at UNC. And there's also some stat out there about night games on the road being really bad on the road at night. This is a hostile environment. I thought it was about 90-10 in terms of Duke fans versus UNC fans. Maybe 80-20, 85-15. So it's definitely a hostile environment and, and a huge win for UNC. Um, so yeah, six and one week off pit control your destiny. All those kind of words describe this team right now. And they have to feel good taking a win into the bye week. Yeah. I mean, another thing I want to add to that, it's, it's, it was very eerily similar to the 2016 game with, uh, so you look at the quarterback comparison, Daniel Jones versus Mitch Trubisky, right? Drake may and the winner kid are very comparable to those two, very athletic, uh, you know, good and mobile, Good, good quarterbacks, quarterbacks that will probably play in the NFL. I know Drake May will, and Riley Leonard, you'll have a chance. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, in that game in 2016, we go up 14 to nothing, and everyone it looks like we're going to blow the brakes off them. And then, you know, we, we end, up, end up – the Duke comes back and wins the game, but this game was similar. You know, we go up 10 points in the, in the third or fourth quarter, and, and Duke comes screaming back, and they take the lead. But what do we do? We, we come back, and Drake May finishes the game with a win. So – the ebbs and flows of the game were pretty similar, but the result was different, and that was uh, it was great to see. Drake made 28 for 38 for 380 yards, three touchdowns, completed 74% of his balls. He had the two fumbles, I think it's important to note. Um, you know, his, his ball security in terms of fumbling has been a little bit of a, a sore spot for him this season. I think he's given up maybe three, maybe four fumbles so far this season. At least – I know he's lost at least three. Uh, Riley Leonard, 20 for 31, 245 yards through the air, one touchdown, one interception. Um, 
but was also really good on the ground. 14 rushes for 130 yards. Had that big 74-yard run. Um, kind of broke the back of UNC's defense. Um, I thought this game was kind of – it was a weird way of complimentary football. Like the defense at times played really well. But then the offense made some big, big plays to make up for some deficiencies in the defense. Um, I thought Drake May was fantastic when it mattered. But the wide receivers were unbelievable. Antoine Green, big catches. Um, Josh Downs, big catches. Kobe Pesor came in and was big on that last last couple drives. JJ Jones had a big, big reception. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're not playing as many wide receivers, but the, this distribution of the balls um, is definitely still excellent. I think nine players caught catches. And we'll definitely talk about more of the offense. I mean, Elijah Green, um, he's going to get my offensive game ball. I mean, he was, I thought for him to come in just like kind of like Trubisky. Relegated to the bench, you know, maybe thinking about transferring. Things aren't bright. Elijah Green came in with two touchdowns. Looked fast. Looked explosive. Looked a little different than some of other uh, some of the other UNC running backs. Um, only had three carries for 24 yards with two touchdowns on those three carries. Which was very efficient. Um, anything else off the top you want to touch on? Yeah, I'm, I'm real proud of Elijah Green. Uh, Keenan Flagler student. He, he wasn't transferring anywhere. He's a smart kid. Uh you know, proud of him. He, he showed some bursts that we haven't seen from our running backs. I think that's kind of what we expected from uh, Petaway, mm-hmm. you know, beginning in the season. But, you know, when his number was called, he stepped up and made plays. And, you know, he, he had two touchdown runs and uh, caught, a, caught a ball in the throw game for a first down. So, you know, that, that that's the true sign of a team. When, when your number's called, you step up and make plays. Yeah. All right, let's get into the meat of the show here. Before we start, let's go ahead and get this. Blue Shark Vodka, the smoothest vodka in the world, out of Wrightsville Beach, North Carolina, made with sweet North Carolina corn. Uh, very smooth, available in all 100 counties. Shout out to Blue Shark Vodka and Connor Barth for sponsoring the show, sponsored Inside Carolina Podcast. Remember to check them out, all 100 counties in the ABC stores in South Carolina, Vegas, San Diego. They're expanding. So we were in on the, the bottom floor here with Blue Shark Vodka, really cool bo- uh, bottle as well. Just shark in there, Jeff. Um, hey fall's coming what about a little apple juice a little apple cider a little cinnamon stick a little blue shark vodka over ice nice little drink there for those tailgating all right um jeff let's get into it here um let's go defense first and then we'll get into the the one minute drives i mean your overall takes on the defense i thought at times they were really good at times they're really bad it's kind of the same story um i think we kind of it's at this point i'm wondering my question for you is like is the defense kind of what it is? Is this kind of what we're going to get? I mean, we're, we're past the midway point of the season. Is this kind of this kind of up and down defense? The secondary is not that good. Kind of stop the run, but still not great. Is that kind of how you see this group? I can't really put my finger on it right now because they're, they're just wildly inconsistent, in my opinion. Um, you know, we look really good at times. Um like you go back to the app game, we go two full quarters without allowing a touchdown. And then in the fourth quarter, we let up 40 points. You know, in this game here, we we look, you know, pretty good through the first part of the first half. We let up seven points, but with five minutes to go in the game or five minutes to go in the half, and then we let up two touchdowns to go into halftime. You know, I think we, we don't stop the bleeding as a defense. You know, when, when a big play happens, we don't regroup ourselves. We kind of let it affect us going forward. And there's a, there's a pretty cool quote that coach Bateman would always say is play each snap independent of the one before and after. And I don't think we're doing a good job of that. I think we're kind of letting the emotions of a, of a big play affect us going forward. Um, so if we can get that fixed, then, you know, 
if if we're letting up 25 and below for the rest of the season, you know, we will be playing in Clemson and Clemson the ACC championship. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the run defense, I mean, they, Duke ran the ball 42 times for 297 yards. That's 7.1 yards per carry. I don't think you're going to beat many teams doing that. UNC does because they have a fantastic offense. I thought it just, I think it's missed tackles. It's a little bit being out of position. Um, I thought at times that the dime package they brought in for, I think, 10 snaps with Will Hardy, with Rob Dilworth, they were out of position. They missed tackles. I mean, what do you kind of tell that group? Like, that's a young group. It's a chance to give those guys snaps. But it's it's in my eyes, you know, watching the game live, it seemed like an issue for this defense. Yeah, I mean, this game, it wasn't very effective. But I will say that was the the package that closed the game and got the pick. So, and I, and I tweeted this during the game about Will Hardy. You know, what a range of emotions for that guy. He goes from, you know, they run, they run a wheel route in the red zone. And he, it's a tough play. He, he gets beat for, for a touchdown that that I thought we lost the game. You know, we get the the penalty on Duke, but he comes back, stays level-headed like Mitch, and, you know, catches a big interception to steal the game. So I was very proud of him for that. You know, you see all the time DBs that they're diving for a ball that gets tipped and it goes through their hands because they have no ball skills and they get up and they clap their hands and they shake their head like they should have caught it. But you know, that's back-to-back games with our DBs, you know, catching interceptions to seal the game. So, it's uh, right. for that. Duke was 4-9 on third down. Um, not great. UNC was 8 for 13 on third down. Um, total yards, Duke had 542. Pretty even, 245 through the air, 297 through um, on the ground there. So, I got a question for you. There's a good chance that Ja'Cory's Conley comes back for the pit game. I think he's been clear to play getting them back in. He was wearing a big uh, knee brace on Saturday night. So you think two more weeks, maybe he's ready. How do you see him fitting in? Because you definitely – you coached him and you know what he can do. First of all, he's, he's an unbelievable athlete. Um, he's, a, he's our best tackler, I think, besides Power and Cedric. And that's kind of what we're missing from the safety position is, is the ability to tackle and get guys on the ground. Um, I, I don't know if you, if you look at the PFF stats, I think maybe our two safeties might have the most missed tackles on the team. Um, so to get him back, I, I think he'll play, you know, a couple series in the pit game. He won't, you know, be delegated to the starting job, but he, he will, will slowly ease him in. And, you know, he's a great run defender that can blitz. Um, so he'll be a more of a box safety for us. That, that that'll be an upgrade. Yeah. So I'm wondering is, is does he come in and, and immediately start playing a bunch of snaps to ease him in for 10, they bring him in certain situations. Cause like I said, yeah, I think in run support, I'm not sure if he's a, an upgrade in terms of pass support, run support, physical, good angles, experience, and definitely kind of like that hybrid safety linebacker. Um, okay, anything else on defense you want to touch about? What do you think about defensive line? You think it looked better? I think there still needs to be more uh, pressure on the passer. Would be one of my one of my critiques. Yeah, I, I think our transition pass rush isn't great. You know, um, when there's play action and, and our defensive linemen are reading run first, and then they have to transition to rush the passer. We're, we're just not getting any pressure really with a four-man rush. And, you know, most of our sacks this year have come off of pressures. You know, Boykins had another sack uh, from the nickel spot. He's, he's a great blitzer. Uh, that, that's his strength is blitzing and, and tackling in the box. Um, but, you know, obviously more pressure and, and, and more tackles for loss. But I think the biggest thing we got to clean up is, is, and I've said it before, it's our tackling, our tracking angles, our pursuit to the ball. You know, it's just that that's the mark of a good defense. 
you know, there's going to be missed tackles in the game because that's offensive football is in space. It's, it's hard to bring guys down because they're so athletic and the schemes are so good, but you know, going back, going to the, uh, the long touchdown run with Riley Leonard, you know, we're, we're in a two safety high look. And I think it's Geo Biggers comes down from his, his, uh, you know, half the field and he, he completely overruns the ball. If, if I'm a deep half safety tracking the ball, I always got to keep leverage on the ball. So his inside inside shoulder should never get, he should never get his face crossed because he's got to, he's got to know where his support is and use that. And, you know, it was, it was an awful play. And Chiswick talks about explosives versus catastrophics. Explosive play, we can give those up. We're, we're going to. Offenses are going to have explosive. But the catastrophics are the back-breaking 74-yard touchdown runs. They're the 45-yard touchdown runs. And that's okay. what we have to eliminate. Two things. Can you explain leverage? Because I um, Bateman would always talk about that. I mean, obviously, we know kind of what that is in general. But like, can you explain when it comes to tackling – and how you play as a as a cornerback or a safety, and what leverage means on defense. Yeah, let's let's start with say a cover two look where where the cornerback is the flat player, okay. And there's some inside element whether that's a linebacker or nickel is an, is responsible for you know a hook zone or an inside element, okay. So say the the ball is p- pitched to the perimeter, and the linebacker is running inside out in the in because he knows the corner is the flat player, the support player on his outside. So if I'm the linebacker or the nickel running inside out, I know that I have support to the outside of me. So I got to use my help and I can't let the ball cut across my face. I got to force the ball to my, to my uh, flat defender. So it's it's essentially like like funneling, like you funnel the play to where your help is. Exactly. Is that leverage? It's it's leverage. So leverage is, is an advantage in football. You know, you never want to give up your leverage and, 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 part of knowing and understanding leverage is knowing where your help is on the defense. So you got to understand the full picture of the defense. Yeah. And I, I think our guys understand that, but they just, for whatever reason, they don't do it all the time when they there's, do. It looks awesome. Yeah. There's still a lot of mistakes and, and that's what leads to these, these bigger plays, the transitional pass rush. I mean, so you explain it well, like that's when you don't, you, you you're blitzing, like you're, you're, you're playing defense, like it's a run. And yep. then it, it switches to, to a pass. So as yep. defensive end, as defensive lineman, what's kind of the mindset and how do you kind of react to that physically when the, the play switches from what you thought it was going to be to what it, what it is? I think the first thing that will help us is getting run pass keys from the offensive lineman. I think our D-line's got to do a better job of that because if you study offensive linemen during the week, you know, college, most college offensive linemen aren't advanced enough to, you know, disguise their looks it's pretty obvious when they're run blocking versus when they're pass blocking. So if we, if we get a high, a tackle that's sitting high, you know, it, most of the time it's pass. So we got to be able to read those keys more and, and get a jump. But so the transition pass for us, like there's times where there's play action passes. So the defense alignment has to play a run first, right? He's going to strike his offensive alignment, but then it's majority of the time it's, it's handwork. And I feel like we're just getting stuck on blocks and not, you know, we're not slippery with our, with our defense alignment. I think Noah Taylor is probably the best at it, him and Cayman Rucker, just because they have that natural, you know, they have great hands. But, um, you know, we're just not affecting the quarterback with a four-man rush. And, uh, you know, it's hard to, to you know, change that in season. But, you know, I think that's one of our deficiencies. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So when you're reading an offensive lineman, this is done pre-snap, right? To kind of see what the clues they're giving off. Yeah. And then immediately after the snap. Yeah, immediately after the snap. And it's got a trigger in your brain real quick when you when you know it's not run and then boom, you know it's passed, the quarterback's retreating. You gotta flip the switch in your head real quick and and try to make a move and, and beat the offensive line. But yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say that's our number one deficiency because it's not. I'm just nitpicking here because our we have you know more issues than that. And I think the biggest issues comes down to getting off blocks, tracking angles, and tackling. At the end of the day, football boils down to those three things. It's good to always learn more things there, though. All right, so if you just look at the stats, you can just tell that the pressure's not getting there. We had one sack. UNC had one sack against Duke, one quarterback hurry, and just three total TFLs. Uh, Biggers was in there for a TFL. Boykins had 1.5, and Gray had one TFL. So – there's just not much disruption in the backfield for the UNC defense. All right, let's move on to – you want to talk about um, the one-minute drives. UNC had two uh, one-minute drives that led to touchdowns. Floor is yours, Jeff. Yeah, um, I want to talk about Drake May. And we talk about him every episode, but what he's doing is is unheard of, honestly. he's. We've talked about he has all the makings of a first-round pick, but the one-minute drive before the half was – arguably the biggest drive of the game. You know, we're down 21 to 10. Duke gets the ball to start the second half. So we got to get points on the board and we have to get seven. And Drake showed every attribute that you want in a quarterback in that drive. He showed, uh, and I tweeted this during the game, the willingness to check the ball down. You know, when when in a two minute drive, the secondary is probably playing a little bit looser because they don't want to give up the deep ball. So we call a deep shot and then we trickle the running back out late and Drake sees the deep shots covered and he throws it to Caleb Hood. And what does Caleb Hood do? Get 12 yards and a first down. You know, then the next play, I think Drake gets a pass rush and he eludes the rushers and scrambles for a first down. And then the next play, he throws a a deep vertical shot versus cover two to uh, Antoine Green down the sideline. So he shows the arm strength, the ball placement to, to fit it into tight windows. And then, the next play, I think he scrambles out and, and throws the ball away. So he's, he shows he's cerebral enough to, you know, make the right play in, in a crucial situation. And then we finish with a touchdown where, you know, it's a four-man route. He, he scrambles out to his right, throws the ball on, his, on the run to, uh, to Caleb Hood in the, in the corner of the end zone. So his ability to, you know, be accurate on the move outside the pocket. You know, what more do you want from a quarterback? He showed everything that you want. And, you know, I think that drive allowed him and gave him confidence and our offense confidence, you know, at the end of the game to go score. Yeah. I mean, I, when they got the ball at the end there, what was it with 
40 something seconds left or uh, let's see. Oh, there's two minutes left. Two minutes. Yeah. yeah. 209 left. Like I was very confident with Drake maybe able to move the field because you're almost at an advantage when you're running two minute drill, one minute drill, because the defense just has no idea what to expect. You have kind of all your options and you're running, you're running hurry up. Um, so, I mean, I, as a fan, I had confidence that they would go down and score. Now, when you get tighter in the red zone, it's a little bit tougher. But to move the ball with Drake May and, and what UNC has a receiver is incredible. Do you want to talk about the, the last drive there, too? Yeah, I mean, the, la- the, the last the last drive was, you know, just as impressive. I, I originally thought we were going to score too soon, um, mm-hmm. but, you know, we didn't. But so the, the, the most important drive, the most important play of a two-minute drive is the first play. So the first play, we throw a hitch to J.J. Jones. He breaks a tackle and gets the ball, you know, I think a 20, 30-yard game. Yep. That right that right there puts pressure on the defense. They're like, oh, shit, you know, we just let up a 30-yard gain to start the, start the two-minute drive. You know, they got the ball rolling. Now the offense has a little confidence. It's easier play calling on Longo. So that was a huge start to the, to the drive. Um, and then, you know, Drake, once again, makes some plays with his legs. He had a couple questionable, you know, should he throw the ball away or, you know, he tried to run it, you know, he'll get that fixed. That's a learning experience. Um, but he stayed composed the whole time. And I think, you know, the fourth down play to Josh Downs was yep. gigantic because here, there's two things about the play. So coach Brown has been going for fourth downs all year. And I think all those moments leading up, you know, to that moment, we're preparing them for that play. You know, we've got like fourth down to UNC offense now is just another down. It's just like first down essentially, because, you know, they don't stress about it. It's just, they're used to it. They've been in that situation before, but the route that Josh Downs ran on that uh, fourth and five and the ability of Drake to, to elude the rush and, and read what Josh was doing. So they're in a bunch set and, and Josh is bracketed. There's two defenders on Josh you know, one one with outside leverage, one with inside leverage. And Josh has an option route, so he's he's able to read the, both defenders' leverage and break away from their leverage. But he's double teamed. And, you know, he knows if he continues to go inside, he's he's got a defender who has leverage on him and can't beat him. But Josh makes an unbelievable athletic move, pivots back out. Drake sees it, steps out of the pocket, rolls to his left, and dumps it to Josh. You know, that's – that's as good as football as you can get. Like that's there's no coaching in that. That is all two phenomenal athletes making a play in a crucial crucial time. Yeah, I mean the combination of Drake May and Josh Downs is hard to match in college football. And I think UNC is going to miss Josh Downs a lot. I mean, if, if he does leave after the season, of course he's a junior, so he has one more year. But special wide receiver, very athletic. You know, pinpoint um, in terms of his routes and everything. I mean, we heard Ryan Switzer in the last episode talk about how athletic and how how good he is and how long he's been playing receiver. So it's it's a deadly combination. And I thought Antoine Green was great too. I mean, four catches for a hundred and plus yards. Pull the stats here. Um, four catches for one twelve. I mean, he is a deep threat. I think he's leading the country in yards per catch, and, and this weekend definitely helped as well. And of course, gets the touchdown catch to give UNC the lead, thirty eight thirty five. They reviewed it, man. It was close. I don't know what it looked like on the TV play, but that was so close about how yeah. uh, how he stayed because he went out. There was argument that he went out of bounds and came back in, but he had stayed in bounds. Yeah, you could see a sliver of green grass to uh, yeah. show that he stayed in, but game is game of millimeters, honestly. Yeah, yeah, a game winning, you know, game winning drive and game winning touchdown, and of course the interception by Will Hardy. 
All right. Um, anything else in the offense? Oh, let's we'll talk about Elijah Green and player of the game. Um, we'll go now to players of the game before we get out of here. A little bit shorter show, you know, six and one um, bye week here. So your offensive player of the game, Jeff. Wait, before we do that, let's talk about yeah. that one one drive. Um, so after our fourth down stop in the third quarter uh, on their 30-yard line, our offense gets the ball back, you know, first and 10 going into the Duke, Duke end zone. We're up 10 points. You know, every Carolina fan at this point is like, all right, Game's over. We're going to go down. About, this is, you're talking about the in the in the first half. No, no, th- third. No, quarter. S- yeah, third quarter. Sorry, yeah. I want to talk about up, that. UNC's up 31-10. 30, 31-21. 21, yeah. And yeah, and sorry. we make a huge we make a huge fourth down stop. You know, our offense gets the ball back. Um, and I want to give Longo credit and give him credit all season. He has called an unbelievable game up to this point. And this is probably one call he wants back. But the, the first play of the drive, we, we run a counter play. And I've talked about it before. Our best run plays are our gap scheme runs. We run a counter play. Elijah Green probably should score. He he misses that read a little bit. He should have followed his his second puller. He kind of cuts back and we pick up three or whatever. Mm-hmm. The next, the, you know, the next play, we run the, you know, the flea flicker wheel route to Kamari Morales. You know, it's Longo was going for the dagger there. He really was. Um, if it works. We're cheering him. We're praising him. But, you know, that's probably a play he wants. He wants a, a play call he wants back. But um, yeah, so think, it was a, it was a pass back, right? It was like a flea flicker. Yeah, right? it was like a reverse pass back from Josh Downs. And then it was a wheel wheel post. Kamari Morales ran a wheel route and Antoine Green ran a post. Yeah. Uh, so incomplete. just yeah, incomplete. But I think the bigger play was the, the third down play. You know, we're on the I think the 27 yard line at this point. You know, so if we, you know, incomplete, it's a 42-yard field goal, which Noah Burnett has shown that he can make. You know, Drake takes an eight-yard sack instead of throwing the ball away, and then now it's a 52-yarder, and we miss it, and we get no points. So it's not just Longo to blame there. I think Drake can learn from that, throwing the ball away in that situation in a drive where we have to get points to, to not ice the game, but just to put more pressure on Duke. Um, so that, that was a bad series, but, look, it's a learning experience, and – We'll, we'll learn from it. Yeah, so that was a big momentum shift, obviously. You're up yeah. 31-21. You have a chance to go up either 13 or go up 17. And like you said, put a lot of pressure on Duke, not close the game out, but definitely have a very, very comfortable lead, which changes dynamics and how you play on defense, changes a little bit how you play on offense. The the missed field goal, um, so you so Duke gets great field position. They go down and score on a five-play drive. Um, so then it completely switches it. It's now 31-28. So, you know, instead of going up 17, you're now only up three. What a momentum shift. Um, Duke scores. UNC punts in the next the next uh, possession, and Duke scores to take the lead 35-30. And that's kind of where it was, it, was, it was danger zone for UNC. UNC fumbles the next possession. Duke misses the fuel goal. And then there's a last-second, last-minute drive um, by Drake May to Antoine Green. So it was rough there. And, and the, the football security by Drake May is certainly an issue. Um, I'm certain I'm cert, certain he is working on that this week to get that cleaned up. But yeah, just uh, inside the game there, the dynamics of how important decision making is and how different drives can, can change the momentum within the game. Yeah, um, and I'll add one more thing to that. The thing I, I guess I'm most disappointed in our defense um, was was the final drive that they let up. You know, it's uh, 
Duke gets the ball back with six or seven minutes to go. And, you know, at that point, they're in four-minute offense mode. So everyone in the stadium knows that they're running the ball. Duke knows they're running the ball. They're trying to bleed the clock. And our, and our defense couldn't stop them. And that was the most disappointing thing to me is, you know, we're calling, you know, run pressures and, and run, run defenses to stop the run, and we couldn't do it. And they, they drive the length of the field. And, you know, we get a little bit lucky with, you know, two offensive um, penalties. But, you know, we, we capitalized and, and ended up getting the game done because of Drake May. But, you know, that's that's the thing I was disappointed in our defense the most is when when everyone knew that Duke was running the ball, we couldn't stop them. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's kind of story of this defense. All right, uh, players of the game, Jeff, your offensive player of the game. Uh, Josh Downs. You know, he – he is as pro ready of a receiver as we've ever had. Um, Switz alluded to it last week, but I think the most impressive catch he had was the uh, it was third and two, and he runs a quick sideline out and drags one toe and has a ball up above his head, you know, kind of right in front of Coach Brown, and that was a, a that allowed our drive to continue. You know, no one on our team, maybe no one in the conference, catches that ball, gets their foot inbound, but he made it look so easy. He had a couple of jump balls where he went up and got, you know, obviously that big fourth down, you know, route that he extended the game in. But he he's such a good player. He's he shouldn't get get past the second round in, in next year's draft. Yeah, such a weapon, especially on third down, fourth down, on these kind of drives where you know he can get open. Nine catches, 126 yards, a long of 38, 14 yards per catch, and it was targeted 11 times. I mean, that's kind of your. Your classic Josh Downs box score, you know, get a touchdown in there. But 11 targets, you know, I think that should be anywhere between 10 and 15 a game. Uh, he's your guy. you got to lean on him. I will go with Elijah Green. We both already talked about him. But just the mentality of, like, look, he was the fifth guy on the depth chart. Uh, DJ Jones uh, he's, was hurt for this game. They've been leaning heavily on Caleb, on Caleb Hood. Amari Hampton's kind of the second guy. But then Elijah Green comes in and immediately scores and then scores again, two touchdowns on three carries, 24 yards, explosive, good burst, um, caught one ball for eight yards. I thought he looked really strong. And I would look for him to, to look, maybe get the, the second amount of carries now after Hood. Um, it seems like he's, he's a good little change of speed back for Hood, and so you don't have two bruisers in there. And with that speed, UNC could use that, and he has experience, and it's a great kid. It's a good story there on Jeff uh, – sorry, on, on Elijah Green. All right, your defensive player of the game. I'm going to go with the ACC leading tackler, Cedric Gray. Um, he didn't have a huge game stat-wise, uh, but he he made a huge impact. You know, the first big play he made was a, a fourth down stop, you know, from goal to go. That's the second week in a row we've had a, you know, a, a fourth down turnover on downs and, you know, backed up, you know, in our and the opponent's red zone. Um, he made a great play running sideline to sideline and smoking Leonard on a quarterback, you know, when he, when he scrambled. Um, and then he had a great series to start the, the second half. He kind of completely blew up that Duke drive, you know, and that kind of got the momentum back in our favor. He had a big PBU on the last drive um, right before the interception. And uh, he got a little banged up, I guess, in the second quarter, but he came back in and, and uh, he played his ass off. So Cedric Gray, once again. There you go. I'm going to abstain from uh... – my defensive to player of the game. I don't. I don't know if anyone else stands out. It's good to see Travis Shaw get a lot of snaps. Yeah, um, he's a disruptor there. He got 13 snaps, but no one else really stood out to me. Cedric Gray always seems to fill the the, the box sheet there. Um, 
you know, I thought the DBs, you, you, you think Boykins, but Boykins got beat a couple times. I thought, yeah. um, I don't think Grimes or, or Duck are, are either worthy. Um, so there you have it. All right. Let's, uh, let's close out the show. Calling the shots brought to you by Blue Shark Vodka, the smoothest spot vodka in the world. Shout them out. If you're drinking Blue Shark Vodka, tag me on Twitter. I'll retweet it. Um, we appreciate their support. Let's look ahead here, Jeff. Our next show will be after the pit game. So we'll take next week off. Um, and we'll be back to wrap up the pit game. Maybe have another guest. Seems like we've got a little rhythm here of going guest, just us, guest. I don't know. We got Shaquille Shads out there. Um, love to have uh, Caleb Presley. um so yeah we'll we'll maybe maybe have just us or maybe a guest we'll we'll figure that out but Pitt, you know is a good team here's the schedule that's left home at uh home versus Pitt at virginia at wake forest home at georgia tech and then the friday after thanksgiving is versus nc state big news out of the acc um you know acc preseason player of the year devin leary is out with a, uh, I guess, a t- torn pack. He's going to need surgery. I know about torn packs. I'm dealing with one right now. But uh, that's a big hit for the ACC, and it kind of changes the dynamic for what UNC could do now because they did not look good on offense against Syracuse. Um, yeah, so what do you think about Pitt gaming? Any kind of projections there or any thoughts on Pitt coming to Chapel Hill? Yeah, I mean, Pitt's always a good team. Um, we've, I think we've lost to him the last two years. Obviously they had Kenny Pickett, you know, at quarterback who was a first round pick, but um, you know, Pat Narduzzi is not going to change his scheme. You know, they run a lot of quarters, so uh, we'll be able to, you know, take some deep shots with our receivers. Uh, they're aggressive. They've got a great D line. They're going to attack, attack the hell out of us. But, you know, look, we're, we're going to be ranked in the top 25. We're six and one. We control our own destiny. Hopefully it's a mid afternoon game. Like if Keenan stadium isn't, isn't sold out or packed, like, what do, what do, we're doing something wrong. You know, we, we, we complain about our team so much, but look, we're six and one, like, let's fill that thing. Let's make it a great atmosphere. Let's support our guys. You know, I'm, I'm flying up for the game. Uh, I'm go. pretty pumped about it. So, uh, you know, I, I kind of want it to be a night game. I don't know if it will, but you know, a three thirty game would be ideal. Uh, but let's, let's pack the house and, and, and go support our team and, and, uh, drink, drink a bunch of blue shark vodka to tailgate. So our, our fans are nice and rowdy. Um, but yeah, yeah. Pitt, Pitt, uh, beat Virginia tech. Uh, was it last? They had a bye week Yeah. So they, they were in, uh, not active this week, but the week before they beat Virginia tech 45, 29. They're now four and two. They do have losses to Georgia tech and Tennessee, Tennessee is now like the number three team in the nation. They have Louisville this week. So UNC has the bye. And remember, I think Mac Brown's like 0-5 off of open weeks. A stat to consider here. So um, hopefully UNC can get that turned around. And then it's on the road um, at Virginia. And then at Wake. Wake's probably the toughest game on the schedule. I'll be interested to see the pit spread. Um, it could be pretty close there if it's a good team. All right. Anything else, Jeff? You know, I – I predicted we would go nine and three at the beginning of the year and, and play Clemson, the ACC championship. And I'm going to change my prediction to, to 10 and two. You know, I think we'll go four and one down the stretch. I'm not going to say which games we're going to win or lose, but uh, four and one down the stretch secures us a spot in, uh, in Charlotte, play Clemson again. So uh, that that's what we should expect out of our team. Yeah. Um, that's not crazy. And, you know, even if, you know, the toughest game, maybe wake and then maybe pit and then state, but in the coastal, UNC controls their destiny uh, with with Pitt and Virginia and Georgia Tech left in the division for UNC. 
All right. For Jeff Schottmer, I'm Ross Martin. Guys, check out Blue Shark Vodka. Appreciate their support. Calling the shots. Presented by Blue Shark Vodka. We'll talk to you next time. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You don't want to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+.